Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. In this episode, we continue our series, Seven, The Seven Deadly Sins of Ministry, where we look at the sin of envy. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, Episode 30. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. We're going to continue our series, Seven, The Seven Deadly Sins of Ministry, and we're going to look at the deadly sin called envy today. I want us to go to 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 1. We're going to look at the first three verses of chapter number 2 in 1 Peter. Peter writes, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the, the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. In his book called uh, Killjoys, author Joe Rigney describes envy as this, and I quote, Envy is a green-eyed monster, a ravenous wolf a beast with many heads. Envy is a gnawing worm, the rust of the heart, a malignant shriek of a shriveled soul. Envy chews on a venomous toad drooling with poison. Envy lies in wait and springs like a serpent when its prey is within range, end quote. The green-eyed monster called envy. Envy is a ministry and leadership, and especially it is a soul killer. Leaders and ministers are susceptible to envy because we are sinners and all are susceptible to this type of sin, but it seems that uh, those who are in leadership, those who are in ministry are more susceptible to the sin of envy. Envy is silent. Uh, It lies quietly in the heart. It rages in the imagination and rarely proceeds from the mouth of its victim. Those around the victim of envy may not know that they are suffering with envy. It's not likely to hear someone say, I wish I had what they have because I deserve it and they don't. But those types of thoughts happen more more times than not. It's very common to have these types of feelings and emotions when you are in leadership or you are in ministry. Now, Jealousy and envy are often closely associated. Even if you look in your English translated Bibles, you can look at different English English translations and look at the same verse and see that whether it's in the Hebrew or the Greek, uh, that English translators will synonymously use jealousy and envy. But there are slight differences between jealousy and envy. Uh, Jerry Bridges, in his great book, Respectable Sins, defines jealousy as this, and I quote, Sinful jealousy occurs when we are afraid someone is going to become equal to or even superior to us, end quote. That's a great, a great definition, especially for those of us who are in ministry. We're afraid that someone's going to become equal to us in ministry or perhaps become better than us in ministry. And so jealousy sometimes is geared towards what we have and the fear of losing it. And so uh, God is described as a jealous God in Exodus chapter number 20, verse number 5. He's jealous over us 
uh, because he does not want us to worship any other God or any other thing or to place anything above him in our affections and our time. And so he's jealous over us because we are his possession. And then Paul would say in the New Testament to uh, the church is there that he was jealous over them. Uh, he did not want them to be led uh, away by false doctrine or error. So he's jealous over them because he has birthed them and he they are part of his ministry. And so there is a healthy jealousy. Any husband knows that uh, they don't want their wives uh, being hit on by some other man and they steal uh, their wife's affection. And so there's a healthy jealousy. and But there's also a, an unhealthy jealousy where uh, you've heard this, the, the horror stories of jealous boyfriends and jealous husbands and jealous girlfriends and jealous wives and uh, the, the, the things that can deteriorate a healthy relationship. But there is a healthy jealousy and there's also a very unhealthy jealousy. But the difference between jealousy and envy, jealousy sometimes is geared towards what we have and the fear of losing it. But on the other hand, envy is the feeling of unhappiness at the blessing and fortune of others, it's geared toward geared towards what others have, and what we may think we don't have, or what we think we are missing out on. So there's a slight difference between jealousy and envy, though they might be used interchangeably, uh, even in scripture, or even just simply in the way we define those things in envy and jealousy. First of all, envy is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Envy is a desire for another's gifts, possessions, position, or achievements. I want what they have. I deserve that. Why don't I have that? It's, it's the green-eyed monster. But first of all, envy is a heart issue. Jesus says in Matthew uh, 15 and Mark 7 that uh, from the heart, uh, he, he labels and lists several sins, and envy is included in that laundry list of sins that proceed from the heart and defile a man. So envy can defile. It can defile any man. It can defile any person, any Christian. But it certainly defiles the minister and the leader. It can defile us. It can ruin us. And we can start trying to minister or lead from a position of envy. It's a heart issue. Uh, it's more than just a, a, a an emotional need of some sort. It is a it is a sin issue that we have to bring under subjection to the grace of God. Envy is even forbidden in scripture. Uh, Psalms 37 and 1, Proverbs 3 and 31 and 24 and 1. Envy is forbidden. Don't don't envy the uh, the evil man. Don't envy uh, don't evil uh, don't envy those who do wrongdoing. Uh, we're not to envy those who are doing better than us or, we, or so we think are doing better than us. We're not to envy them. Um, in 1 Corinthians 13, that says that love does not envy others. And so if we are envying, then we are not producing uh, selfless love. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves, and we should love them uh, even though they're being more successful, or so we think they're being more successful than us, or they're, or they're prospering more than us. We don't envy them because that's not coming from a heart that has been changed by Christ, and our hearts now are to be have, are to be set towards love. So love does not envy others. That's First Corinthians thirteen uh, and four. And so there's several examples in Scripture of envy. Cain envies Abel, uh, and then he kills him in Genesis 4. Esau envies Jacob in Genesis 27. Rachel envies Leah in Genesis chapter number 30. 
the brothers envy Joseph in Genesis 37. And then perhaps the most prime or best example of envy is King Saul envying David, and we'll use that throughout this episode today. If you go to the New Testament, we see the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, are envious of Jesus and his ministry, and they are jealous because they are, he, they are losing the affection of the people that they had uh, uh, been leading for a while because they're following truth now, and so they're jealous and envious of him, which then leads to them arresting him and crucifying him. The result of envy, let's look at this for a moment. Envy works within a pack of other sins. And we're going to look at several scriptures together, some I've already referenced before. Envy works in a pack with other sins. So they're usually, envy is usually listed with other sins. Mark 7, 21 through 23, Jesus says, for, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Notice how those four are put together. Envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. And then Galatians 5, 20 through 21, Paul lists idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness. And he goes on, I warn you and I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then in Romans 1, 29, he writes, Paul writes, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. Now, brothers and sisters, listen to me. Leadership, listen to me. Envy will always lead to other sins. It will lead to slander. It will lead to pride, which we talked about in our last episode. It will lead to foolishness. It will lead to dissensions and divisions and rivalries and competitiveness. It will lead to murder. And you can say, well, I would not murder someone, but Jesus equated hating your brother with murder, and then it would come to strife. So envy always is always working in a pack. And where there's ever wherever there is envy, there's all other types of sins. And so we must make sure that we are slaying this green-eyed monster called envy. We have to kill envy in our hearts. Envy uh, is the feeling of unhappiness. Uh, perhaps at the blessing of others, the fortune of others. Uh, perhaps we are jealous that someone is becoming uh, just as good as us in singing or leading or teaching or preaching, uh, and we feel that uh, we're being slighted in a certain way or perhaps we're being overlooked. But envy is, is dangerous. Envy is, is dangerous if it, if it begins to cultivate in your heart and in your thoughts and your ministry and in your leadership Envy is geared towards others. It's geared toward what others have or perhaps what we perceive that they have and that we don't have. And really this is a battle between two things. This is a battle between contentment, happy with what I have and what I do. So it's a battle between contentment and covetousness, which is the envy of what others have and do. The, the moral law, the Ten Laws, the Ten Commandments as they're known, it says not to covet your neighbor, not to covet their possessions, 
So this goes back to coveting what others have. This is a sin issue. So it's between coveting and contentment, being satisfied with what you have, being satisfied with where God has placed you, being satisfied in your position, and then there's being covetous, saying, I want more. I wish I had what they have. Why can't I have that church? Why can't I be in that city? How come they get all the opportunities? How come they're being used? How come God uses them more than he uses me? And it starts to be, it starts to breed uh, covetousness and envy in your heart instead of being content. Now, there's a difference between coveting and, and having ambition. Now, I know there are those who've written and thrown off on ambition, but there is a holy ambition uh, that we are to have and to cultivate in our hearts that we want to grow and we want to mature in Christ. And we're going to talk about that as you look at First Peter 2. And we want to see God do great things. There's a difference between ambition and having God to do more in us. Then there's the difference between that and saying, well, I want what God is doing in them. Why is he doing it in them and not doing it in me? How come they have the opportunities? How come uh, they are being used? How come this is happening for them and it's not happening for me? There's a difference and there's a fine line between the two, but it's between contentment and covetousness. Now, envy in ministry is deadly, and here's how uh, envy begins to poison a leader. Number one, envy of others' giftings. Number one, envy of others' giftings. You start to envy how good someone else preaches, or perhaps uh, how good someone sings, uh, or uh, someone is being promoted in a gifting. Uh, that they have, or perhaps they're uh, they're, they, they're more talented, more skillful than than yourself. You begin to you become envious of others' giftings. Number two, you're envious of others' blessings. It seems that God's blessing them more. It seems like uh, their church is growing. It seems like their ministry is thriving. They have more revivals, more opportunities than you. Uh, envy of others' blessings. Oh, they had a hundred people get the Holy Ghost in their revival. I only had five. Uh, why, why isn't it happening for me like it's happening for them? It's envies, envious of others' blessings. Number three, envy of others' opportunities. How come they get asked to preach? How come they're being asked to preach at this event? How come they're being asked to sing the solo in the choir? How come they're asked to teach the Sunday school class? They're envious of other people's opportunities. How come people are voting for them for this position and not for me? And you can see how this is, is can deteriorate your soul. This can begin to deteriorate your spirit when you're looking and you're viewing uh, other people's opportunities, blessings, and giftings, and forsaking your own blessings and giftings and opportunities. Number four, envy of others' possessions. Oh, they've got a new car. Oh, I wish I had a car like that. Or how come they have a house like that? Or how um, how come they have uh, children? They've got. It seems like they have well-behaved children or or they've got getting paid more by the week or by the month or whatever and we can start being jealous and envious of others possessions but i'm gonna look at these last three here that 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 can that that envy manifests itself in ministry so number five discontent with your own giftings and i wrote it out this way 
neglect of your own giftings. Discontent with your own giftings. Are you getting better at preaching? Are you getting better at your gifting? Are you improving it? Or are you, are you always just throwing it together at the last moment? You see, sometimes we're envious of others when we are, we are not taking care of or not cultivating our very own giftings. And so we get envious of other people's giftings when in reality we have control of getting better or not getting better with what God has given us. Are we multiplying it? Are we giving it our best? Sometimes we're envious of others, not, not necessarily their blessings, but we're also envious of their work ethic. And so we have to be able to, uh, to cultivate our own giftings. Don't neglect your own giftings. Number six, discontent where God has placed you or neglecting where God has placed you. If I can just go to another city. It must be nice to be in one of those big cities where, they, where people are always around. You can win more people there. Uh, there's the, I, this is one that I've heard uh, a few years ago. It's, this is a true, someone said this to me. They said, I want to pastor in the South because it's easier to pastor people in the South. Uh, as, as if that people in the South were more, were more receiving of the gospel. When in reality, in the South, it's more difficult because everybody's saved. You know, it, it's a, the grass is always greener. Uh, the grass is always green on the, on the other side. It seems like wherever it's somewhere else is better, some other city, some other church, some other youth group, some other whatever, and we're saying, well, this got to be better there. When we're really neglecting where God has placed us, we're neglecting the ministry that God has given us. Are you doing the best you possibly can where you are? Are you able to cultivate other leaders, able to cultivate others who can invest in your vision? Or is it simply always the other side? And you say, well, I'm going to leave and go do, go do something else somewhere else. Well, the problem is you're going there. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a change of scenery. Perhaps you need to change your heart, change your mind, change your perception. If you can't do those things, you're not going to prosper anywhere else. You're not going to have more opportunities somewhere else. It's not gonna, you're not going to have a bigger church somewhere else. Work on you. Don't neglect where God has placed you. And number seven, uh, a distorted view or perception of others' ministry, church, and success. And so we have a distorted view of why someone is being successful or uh, why God may be what we think or perceiving what God is blessing or other successes or excellence and we're, we're seeing it. And sometimes it could be distorted. You're perhaps you're all, the only way you see what other people are doing is through social media. Well, they're not going to show you the counseling sessions. They're not going to show you the problem people in their church. They're not going to show you the stress that they go home to. They're not, they're not posting that. Of course, they're going to they're gonna post and edit the best pictures of themselves. Of course, they're going to post the best view of the congregation of their church. Of course, they're going to post the best graphics. They're not going to show you all the other stuff. And so sometimes we can be distorted. We see all the, the great stuff, and we, we, and we think there's no problems there. There's no issues there. Brothers and sisters, there's problems and issues everywhere. You can say, well, I want to leave and go somewhere else. Well, guess what? There's going to be people there. Well, there's people, there's problems. And when you go there, you're going to go there too. And you bring in all your baggage and all of your envy and all of your jealousy. You're bringing that stuff too. You need to be able to cultivate where you are right now. 
God will bless you. God will give you more opportunities if you will take care of the things that God has given you to do right now. If you're a youth leader, be the best youth leader. Grow your youth group. If God has placed you in a, in a church, in a town somewhere, grow that church to the best of your ability. Pray, fast, witness, teach, train, equip, do everything that you can. Have a big church mentality. Perhaps you're in a small town. Have a big city, big church mentality in your small church, in your small town. Grow it. Be, be satisfied. Be content with where God has placed you. Don't look at all the social media and think that God's blessing them when he's blessing you and that they've got it all together and you don't. You're not, you're not, they're not posting the bad stuff. They're posting the edited stuff. They're putting the different filters on it. They're, they're, they're putting different lenses on the cameras to make it look like a bigger crowd. Come on now, get, 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 get real here. Let's not have a distorted view of what God's doing or perhaps what you think God's not doing in your own life. In your own life. Amen. Now, we're talking about envy, the seven deadly sins of ministry. Envy becomes a perceived slight or injustice. If you don't kill this green-eyed monster of envy, you're going to start thinking that you are being slighted somewhere. There's some type of injustice. For instance, number one, God has forsaken me. God's left me. God's not blessing me any longer. God's not doing these things. He's forsaken me. If Saul would have just put his arm around David and said, David, I want what you've got. Man, can you imagine what kind of kingdom Israel would have had? If, if I mean, Saul is God's first choice for king in Israel. He's the number one guy. He's got, he's got the kingdom. He's got all the people. He's got everything that he needs. He's got the looks. And instead, he's so, he's so envious of a shepherd boy who just so happened uh, to take out a giant by the help of the Lord and had he just put his arm around him and said, David, you're going to be my number two guy. You're, 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 you're with me here, man. We're going to do these things together and invested in him. But instead, he got envious because of what? If you go to, uh, I think it's First uh, Samuel chapter number 18, David has killed his tens of thousands and Saul his thousands. Well, that's not a bad thing, Saul. If they're saying, they're saying, they're, they're putting your name with it. They're putting your victories with it. But instead, he's jealous and he's envious of what others are doing. God's forsaken him. And guess what happens? An evil spirit comes. When you harness envy, an evil spirit's going to come. And you're, it's, it's going to be a troubling spirit. It's going to be a spirit that's going to trouble your mind, trouble your heart, trouble your... I thought the Holy Ghost telling you today, when you, when you, uh, when you invite envy into your heart you're inviting all types of evil spirits into your spirit into your soul and you got to make sure that God's not forsaken you God's not left you he can bless you and he's blessed Israel just as he's blessed uh, David he's blessed you Saul and your family just remember don't God's not forsaken you and bless somebody else but when you start start harboring envy you're inviting all types of evil spirits into your life as well number two I'm being overlooked Pastor's overlooking me for somebody else. Pastor has brought somebody else in and I'm being overlooked. This happens a lot, brothers and sisters. This happens a lot where people think other people who are being blessed and other people who are being used, that all of a sudden they're being overlooked. Well, the kingdom is very, very vast. God can use, he needs his, he said, pray for more laborers. Pray for more, we don't need fewer laborers, we need more laborers. 
The harvest is great. We need more laborers, not fewer. You're not being overlooked. We just need more people to work. We need more people to do a part to, to do their part in the kingdom of God. You're not being overlooked. And then it starts being perceived slight that pastor doesn't like you or perhaps the organization or the church is overlooking you for something new or shinier and younger. That's not the case. We, we need more laborers. We need more workers in the kingdom. You're not being overlooked. Uh, we just need more people to help us. Then number three, uh, there must be some sort of advantage for others and not for me. Pastor's using his family. Organization, they have the good old boys club. Here's the backslap. I had, I had someone say this about me, and it got back to me. They said, Nate Whitley is just a baby kisser and a handshaker. He's a politician. Well, if, if shaking hands and kissing babies is wrong, uh, I don't want to be right. I want to be somebody who loves people. I want to be a, I want to be somebody who can talk to people. I'm not, I, but just because I'm a preacher does not mean I go straight from my car to the pulpit. Doesn't mean I go straight from my hotel room straight to the pulpit. I like people. I like being around people. And and sometimes people say, "I'm listen. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a son of a prophet. Uh, I didn't come from a preacher's home." Uh, and and so. Understand the background before you start saying, though, there must be some type of advantage for, for you. I preached somewhere between the north and, and, and the south and the east and the west one time when I was evangelizing, and I preached for this church, and this pastor asked me to come preach a Sunday morning, Sunday night. I didn't know him very well. I think I met him at a, uh, a district event of some sort that I was in the area preaching. And so I drove like four hours one way to get to this church, and I was going to leave the next morning. And so I, I got there really early. And I met the the pastor's son at the door, and uh, he just he man he gave, he he sent me down the river, threw me under the bus. He says, "I want to know how you got this opportunity. Who do you know uh, that you got to preach here?" And it was his dad's church, and I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't understand." And he was like, "No, no, no I want to know who you're friends with. Uh, I want to know how who you're connected to to get these opportunities." Because I've been preaching for ten years, and nobody asked me to come preach. And I wanted to say, well, first of all, you got a bad attitude, and that's why people aren't asking you to preach. And you think you're owed or you're deserving of preaching out, and you're not. And when you have that type of attitude, God's not going to open those doors for you. Uh, and so that type of thing turns pastors off. It turns leadership off. Don't have that attitude uh, that you're being overlooked. Work where you are. Uh, be faithful with what God has given you. All of this, brothers and sisters, leads to slander and malice and hypocrisy. This will lead to now, okay, I'm being slighted. Uh, God's blessing them. God's doing something for them. God's giving them opportunities or somebody's giving them opportunities. Uh, and so this is what happens. It leads to malice and hypocrisy and deceit. You want to put others down. You want to discredit, to discredit their character, disregard their success. Uh, oh, yeah, let me tell you why they're preaching where they are. Uh, they've got a lot of money, or uh, they're not really having revival over there. It's not the real Holy Ghost that they're getting, or, you know, for them to grow that much, they've got to be compromising somewhere. You see what's happened now. Envy has led to slander and malice. It's it's now I'm tearing them down. You're trying to blow someone else's uh, candle out so your light shines bright, but that's not how this works. 
Envy is, is going to bore a hole in your soul and it will start to erode your spirit. And guess what's going to happen where you are, where you're leading, where you're ministering? The people around you are going to pick up on that and they'll be the same. They'll be picking up that same spirit and that same attitude because as the pastor goes, as the leader goes, so do the followers. And if envy's in your heart, envy's in your mind, envy's in your spirit, it's going to come out in your people. And they'll start saying, oh, yeah, that church down the street, yeah, they're a bunch of compromisers. Yeah, we know how that, that's why they're growing. They're, 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 they're watering down the doctrine, watering down the message. Yeah, they're a bunch of compromisers. See what happens? Malice and slander. You're tempted then to cast blame on leaders or organizations or pastors or churches. They're trying to leave you out. They're trying to shove you out. They're trying to keep you from doing something. You're feeling slighted, but it's not the truth. That's what envy does. It blinds you to reality. Or you start doing this. I can preach better than that guy. I'm a better singer than her. I'm a better teacher than that person. I should be getting the opportunities. Do you know who I am? Uh, I should be, I've been doing, I've been here for a long time. I should be doing this, not you. That's what envy does. It begins to erode and it goes back to uh, sin number one, pride. It's back to me again. It's back to me. It's back to me. It's me. It's my ministry. It's my work. It's, it's my opportunities. Or this, I'm more spiritual than them. I pray more. I fast more. I study more. Brothers and sisters, this is a, this is a sin that's happening a lot. Uh, that in our churches where they watch YouTube videos, social media videos, and they all of a sudden become more spiritual than the leadership and more spiritual than the people uh, that they lead. Uh, listen, we, we are all trying to be spiritual. We're all trying to pray and fast, and none of us can pray and fast enough. But make sure we're not trying to do it in competitiveness with others. I'll pray more than them, and I'll fast more than them. You're fasting five days, I'm fasting 14 days. Oh, you're going to read the Bible once this year? I'm going to read it 10 times this year. It's, it breeds competitiveness, and it breeds envy and strife. Or how about this one? They're probably compromising. Uh, they're, they, 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 they're, they're, they're letting loose somewhere for them to have this type of ministry, or they're a part of the good, the good old boys club. Perceived slights and injustice. This is where we have to fight, fight envy with the Spirit. Now, it's going back to first. Uh, Peter chapter number 2. Remember, chapters were not added in the Bible until much later. And so these letters are, are one continuous letter. So 1 Peter 2 is connected to 1 Peter 1 at the end of chapter number 1. Let me go back and I'm reading from the, uh, the CSB because it's right here in front of me because I didn't have my notes. This is what Peter says in, in, in 1 Peter chapter number 1, looking at verse number 2. Since you've been purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other, from a pure heart, love one another constantly. Why? Verse number 23, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, all its glory like a flower of, its, of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. Now, chapter number one, verse number one, look at the first word here. Therefore, it's con meaning he's connecting his thought to the previous, to the previous statement. Therefore, Therefore, because you've been born again, therefore, because you've been born again by the word of God, you've been born again by the spirit and by the word, because you are a new creature, a new creation, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Because you've been born again, get rid of it. 
Remove it. Put it off. Now, he's writing this to Christians. He's writing this to saints. And because we've been born again, we have to put off malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. And here's how you find me. give you three ways to combat envy. And I got this uh, from Pastor John Piper. How to combat envy. Number one, long for the spiritual milk of God's word. He says, like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the word. Number one, if you're going to fight envy, get in the word of God. Baptize your mind with word. Baptize your spirit with the word of God. That's what, that's what has born us again. That's what has given us new life is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is we have been born again, not by perishable seed, but by the pure word of God we've been born again. And so we have to feed on the word of God. Don't feed on envy. Don't feed on social media. Don't feed on, on what you think's happening down the road. Feed on the word of God. Feed your soul on who God says you are. Feed on the word of God and who God's called you to be. Put that in your mind. Put that in your heart. Put that in your spirit. Long for it. You need to long for the word of God more than you long for positions, more than you long for opportunities, more than you long for blessings. You need to long. You need to desire the word of God. Number two, grow up into salvation. Grow up, mature. Come on, grow up. God loves you just as much as he loves the person down the street. God wants to bless you like he wants to bless the church down the road. Come on, if he's blessing somebody else's ministry, he's going to bless you too. But you're going to have to put the work into it. You're going to have to put the effort into it. Come on, long for the word of God and then grow up a little bit. Grow up into salvation. Mature in your spirit. Mature in your heart knowing that if God's blessing them, he's going to bless me too. If God can use them, he's going to use me too. I'm a sinner saved by grace. They're sinners saved by grace. We've got the same God, the same Father. I've been born again by the same word. I'm going to long for it, and I'm going to grow up a little bit. Grow up. Don't envy what your brother has. Don't envy what's going on in your sister's life. Grow up. Long for the word of God, number three, and taste and see that the Lord is good. That's where I get my satisfaction. That's where I get my fulfillment, knowing that he is good and he has he has my best interests in mind he has my church's best interest in mind he has my youth group's best interest in mind he has my family's best interest in mind the lord is good he's not sliding me he's not overlooking me he doesn't love somebody more than he loves me he loves me just as much as he loves somebody else and he wants to bless me he wants to use me but i'm going to long for his word i'm going to grow up into salvation and i'm going to take Taste and see that the Lord is good, and I'm going to put off the envy. I'm going to put off the jealousy. I'm going to live in freedom and live in liberty because I know the Lord is going to bless me like he blesses my brother, and I'm thankful that he can bless them and that he can bless me. Thank you for listening to the Cut It Straight podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information, episodes, and articles, go to my website, nswhitley.com. Follow me on Twitter at nswhitley, and be sure to go to my Facebook page, nswhitley.